it is John Calvin who in his classic work Institutes of the Christian Religion who said that nearly all the wisdom we possess that is to say true and sound wisdom consists of two parts the knowledge of God and the knowledge of ourselves and he said that these two are joined by many bonds that it is difficult to say which one comes first but it is safe to say both come conjoined and they cannot be separated welcome to the podcast the fireplace as we discuss a change of name man and god welcome First, a change of name. The podcast now is known as The Fireplace. The Fireplace, according to our roots as Africans, is the place where the family gathered and multi-generational family members had time together and the elderly told stories with moral uh, implications, both for entertainment and for helpful lessons they told the stories to the next generation and so the fireplace was a place of exchanging ideas of imparting wisdom and of igniting the imaginations of the young uh, with the wisdom of the elderly the fireplace is a podcast from open scriptures ministries and it is a place for heartwarming conversations around the gospel and we just hope that this will keep on being a helpful resource to you in your journey of faith if you uh, would like to reach out and just say what uh, how the podcast has been impacting you access various platforms on facebook is open scriptures ministries and the blog is open scriptures ke.wordpress.com on whatsapp is 0715 and therefore i welcome you officially to the fireplace a podcast from open scriptures ministries In this inaugural episode of The Fireplace, it is good we start where John Calvin set the pace for us. And it is in the knowledge of man and the knowledge of God. After all, these are the twin themes that The Fireplace is all about. It is the conversation that 
Open Scriptures Ministries is all about. It is the conversation that I, as the host Joseph, I am more passionate about. And to guide us on this conversation, it is God's word from Psalms 36. In Psalms 36, we find the twin theme of man's self-knowledge and of God's self-revelation. And this man's self-knowledge is not inbred in man. It is also a function. It flows from God's own revelation. It is the same chapter that I quoted earlier that John Calvin said that man comes to the revelation of the scriptures to know these two things, to know himself and to know God. And without that twin knowledge, man is lost even to himself. We come to Psalms 36 and the theme of Psalms 36 is man's wickedness and God's perfection. The psalm says to the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, an oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. There is no fear of God before his eyes, for he flatters himself in his own eyes when he finds out his iniquity and when he hates. The words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. He devises wickedness on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not abhor evil. So that marks the revelation about man in his fallen state, man in his natural condition. And from verse 5 now, we see the perfections of God. Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Your fa- right, sorry, your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. And you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Oh, continue your loving kindness to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot of pride come against me and let not the hand of the wicked drive me away. There the workers of iniquity have fallen. They have been cast down and are not able to rise.
Who is man? Man, by nature, is a transgressor. To transgress is to go beyond the bounds, is to go beyond the limits. It is to willfully and blatantly to cross where you're not supposed to cross. And so verse 1 of Psalm 36 tells us that man by nature, the one who was created in God's image to glorify God has become a transgressor and a wicked individual. This same man has no fear of God before his eyes. What is sin? Sin is falling short of the rightful fear towards God. It is falling short of the honor, of the respect, of the awe, of the worship of God. To be a fallen man, it is to be a transgressor before God. To be a fallen man, to be a human being by nature, it is to be drunk with a sense of self-importance. Verse 2 says, man flatters himself in his own eyes. He finds iniquity and even when he hates God and people, he still considers himself to be very important. So in short, man ought to know himself as one who is fallen, lost, and self-deceived. And verse 3 says, the words of his mouth are just wickedness and deceit. This reminds us of Genesis chapter 6, where God saw that the wickedness of man had increased greatly on the earth. It had increased to the extent of God sending a deluge, a flood, to consume man in his own wickedness. When we come to understand who we are as men, if we don't face this fundamental nature of our own wickedness, our own degrading of the glory of God, our own despising of God, we have not started to know who we are. We have not started to have a rightful view of what sin and the fall has made us to be. So we drink wickedness and deceit like water. We have ceased to be wise and to do good in verse 3. Man without God, without God's goodness in Jesus, without the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, man, and this includes even children and women, and man taken as a generic term for humankind, man is desperately wicked. Jeremiah says the same in Jeremiah 17, that the heart of man is desperately wicked, beyond being found out, beyond understanding. Verse 4 says that man devises wickedness on his bed. Even when he goes to sleep, instead of resting and being refreshed and just being in a 
morally neutral position, man is wicked even on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not abhor evil. So when we ask what is man, yes, we start by describing, by facing the fact of Genesis 1, 26, 28 and Genesis chapter 2 before the fall. We, 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 we must start there. We must embrace and uh, furnish ourselves with God's original picture for man, that God made man pure and righteous and holy and able and with all capacities of growing and increasing in his delight in God in that perfection and innocence. Man was created to be a co-region, a co-ruler with God over all creation. Man was destined for a life of eternal bliss in the presence of God. But something else happened. The Bible progresses beyond Genesis 2 and the tragic and the saddest chapter in the Bible, Genesis chapter 3, is there for us to grapple with. And not just there in history, but there in the present reality of what it has made human beings to be. We are the seed and the children of Adam in his fall. Naturally, we come plagued, diseased with this cancer of sin. We come corrupted. We come sick. We come wayward. We come destined for God's wrath. This is what Ephesians 2 says, that when the gospel came to the Ephesians, it found them just as the way all human beings who are in rebellion currently are. The Bible says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. To be a human being is to be naturally found flowing with the course of this world, flowing with the wickedness that as the core of human nature. To be a human being, it is to be one who is walking according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also, and now Apostle uh, Paul speaks concerning himself and believers, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. And therefore when we focus on and we consider the question of who is man, yes we start we start with the truth that man is God's highest creation but we don't stop there. We progress that and we see that man is a rebellious creature is a transgressor and a wicked individual man is one who fears god uh, who, who man is one who does not fear 
God. There is no fear of God in his eyes. Man is one who is drunk with his self-importance. Man is one who finds that iniquity is like food of the night and the drink of the day. Man drinks wickedness and deceit like water. Man has ceased to be wise. And what is wisdom? Wisdom is to fear God. Wisdom is to know God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Man has ceased in his natural condition. Man has ceased to fear and honor God. Man is lost. But God. But God. Psalms 36 verse 5 progresses and starts with the great theme of God's gospel, which is God's mercy. Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. The greatness and the increase of the wickedness of man's wickedness all the more magnifies the mercy of God. This God, who is, is a God of mercy, is a God who reaches for the wicked and lost man, and in his faithfulness, in his covenant love, in his saving covenant keeping mercy, he saves, he delivers from the fall, from sin, the God who is, is a God who addresses human need, the highest, the deepest, the most outstanding human need is a need for deliverance from sin, redemption. It is a need for covenant masses that save and his faithfulness, faithfulness to who? Faithfulness to his own character faithfulness to his own promises faithfulness to his own righteousness the faithfulness of god reaches to the clouds the righteousness of god is like the great mountains the righteousness of god in the scriptures in the gospel is contrasted with man's wickedness with man's folly and sin with man, man's unfaithfulness. Without facing that fact, we are blinded and we are lost. We cannot be able to comprehend what God is saying to us in the gospel. But this is a God of mercy, faithfulness, and a righteous God. His judgments are a great deep. And the Bible says, O Lord, you preserve man and beast. When we come to the scriptures, we ask ourselves, after Genesis 3, what kept God still faithful? What kept God still caring for man? What kept God still sustaining creation? 
there was nothing or nobody who was constraining God, forcing God to do what he did to sustain life and man and beast. But it is his faithfulness. It is his kindness. It is his goodness that still kept him sustaining creation, sustaining man. Without that understanding, we would feel entitled. We would be those who are unwise as verse 1 to 4 of Psalms 36 revealed. It is God's mercy. It is God's kindness that keeps man. And then the Bible says in verse 7, How precious is your loving kindness, O God. The loving kindness of God. This is the theme of the gospel. This is the heart of the gospel. Loving kindness that is not divorced from the faithfulness and the righteousness of God. God saves in a righteous way. God loves in a righteous way. God is merciful in a righteous way. Righteous because sin must be punished. The fruit, the reward, the result of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, so says Romans 6, 23. And because all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, any sinner who gets saved, justice must be done. Death must be met on sin for God to forgive. And this is the center. This is what God has done in Jesus. What has God done? He has made him who knew no sin to be seen for those who will believe that the righteousness of God may be met in them. God made Jesus a sacrifice for sin. God gave his own begotten son. God made him to be a lamb for sacrifice, to receive the wrath and the judgment or that is was due to sin on himself. He received it all to the last drop. He drank the cup of the wrath of God on behalf of all those who will believe and call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. The loving kindness of God is the great theme of the scriptures is the great theme of the gospel therefore children of men children whom god has revealed himself and they know themselves who they are from verse 1 to 4 they know themselves to be transgressors and wicked those with no fear of god those who flatter themselves with the, in their own eyes those who find iniquity in their hearts and do, do not hate that iniquity but drink it like water those whose words are wickedness and deceit those who have ceased to be wise those who have re been revealed to by the spirit of god to be like that they and they turn in repentance after seeing the mercifulness of god after seeing the faithfulness of god after seeing the righteousness of god after coming under the weight of the judgment and the conviction of god this put their trust under the shadow of the wings of the almighty god and verse 8 they are abundantly satisfied with the fullness 
of the house of God. And what do they do? They drink. They drink from the river of the pleasures of God. They're the themes of man's lostness and God's mercy and faithfulness. Verse 9, with God, with you, O God, is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. The gospel, through the gospel, God enters into our darkness. And he enters with the fullness of his light. It is Christ who said, I am the light of the world. In introducing his gospel, John the Apostle wrote and said that in Christ was light. In him was life. And this life was the light of all men. The Bible says that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. It is in Christ that the blindness and the darkness gets defeated. And for once we see who we are and we see who God is. And we see in him, in Jesus, we see the mercy of God. We see the faithfulness of God. We see the righteousness of God. We see the judgments of God and we see how precious is his loving kindness and we run under the shadow of his wings and we are abundantly satisfied at the fullness of his house. He gives us drink from the rivers of his pleasures. We have now a distaste for sin. We taste seen and we say our taste buds are renewed and that is that now we want more of god we want more of god's delight knowing him pleasing him being filled with his spirit and being renewed after his image in his light we see light and then we pray What do we pray? We pray from verse 10. Oh, continue your loving kindness to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright in heart. When the gospel shines in our hearts, we forsake self-reliance. We now have a new hunger, a new thirst, a new pursuit. It is to know God. It is to continue delighting ourselves in Him. It is also to continue desiring that more will know the God we have known. More will come to embrace and to drink and to be filled with the loving kindness of God. More will come and they will see God in his righteousness. And then we pray for the defeat of the wickedness that is still in the world and in men's hearts 
and in the wicked systems of the world. Verse 11, let not the foot of the proud come against me. Let not the hand of the wicked drive me away. There the workers of iniquity have fallen. There they have been cast down and are not able to rise. We see with renewed eyes the fate of sin, the fate of the wicked. It is to be cast away. The wicked do not continue on God's earth, on God's land forever. The rod of the wicked does not continue in the land allotted to the righteous forever. That's why the Bible says that the righteous will inherit the earth. It's because the earth and all that belongs in it belongs to the Lord. Psalms 24 verse 1. We know when we come to God and with renewed understanding that God owns all things and there is nothing outside of his reach and we know that he will have his renown reclaimed he will prove to be holy and righteous he will defeat wickedness and all sin and all rebellion and we know and we are convinced and we rest in his mercy and therefore that is the twofold revelation of god's word it is about man in his original creation but in his fall and the corruption that came and then god in his loving kindness and mercies that save and also in his holy justice that condemns and judges So dear listener, I ask you, do you know these two truths? Do you know these twin truths? Have they made an impression on your heart? Have you known that you, by nature, are a child of God's wrath? That by nature, you are a transgressor, a wicked person who deserves the judgment of God, who is right now, if you have not repented and believed in Jesus right now that you are under the wrath of God. Have you come to see yourself like that? Have you come to have your eyes open to see that you're not innocent and just expecting or having a right to the goodness of God? Have you come to see God in his righteousness, God in his holiness, God in his perfection, God in his saving masses in Jesus and have you run and will you run to Christ in repentance in faith and find that he is ready to receive you if so you can call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved you can bow before the Lord in repentance and acknowledge that you have lost his glory in Adam, in your own sin and rebellion, you have lost all claim to his kingdom. And only in Christ can it be restored to you. A 
pray and trust that by the grace of God you will come to Christ and find that in him you find light and you find rivers of delight and you drink and you be satisfied under the wings of the Lord God Almighty the covenant making and covenant keeping God come to the end of today's podcasts and it is a prayer and my own trust that you have been blessed if you have uh, be sure to connect through all the platforms that i mentioned earlier let us know how this resource is of a blessing benefit to you and until next time i pray that you be kept well be kept safe as you deepen your knowledge of the twin truths of man's fallen nature man's natural condition and god's great saving nature and character in christ through the gospel till next time i'm yours joseph do have yourself a blessed time